0: You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show Podcast hosted by Joe
1: Hunter on The
0: Sound of Life
1: at soundoflife.org. I
0: have a prayer. Pray along. Enjoy it. Pray with me. Thought it'd help you out early this morning. Prayer for peace, really. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. In times of uncertainty and unrest, we seek your peace to calm troubled hearts, weary souls, and war-torn lands. When we've lost hope, may your peace remind us that you are in complete control and will control and will continue to lead us. May your peace bring clarity where there is doubt, joy where there is sorrow, and hope where there is hopelessness. Despite what our eyes see daily on the news, thank you for your peace that revives our hope, trust, and confidence in you. When our minds are anxious, may your peace strengthen and sustain us. Thank you for your peace that brings stillness to our storms. Your peace also reminds us that you're always present and will continue to lead us through challenging times. When our hearts, minds, and spirits are restless, thank you for your peace, Lord, that brings us rest. When our minds wander, thank you for your peace that redirects us back to you. In Jesus' name amen. All right. The Sound of Life. Hey, I am Joe, checking up on things that are going on around the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Because there's things going on around the neighborhood. <laughs> this is all there is to it. Monday. Boy, I tell you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Incredible. Got all kinds of stories to tell you about. It's pretty amazing. Um, I, I love the one about the, the young man whose mom... Uh, Going through chemo, she had a brain tumor. She's going through chemo, and so she was losing her hair. So he said, "I'm going to grow out my hair." Boy, did he ever! Uh, and and so people must have been like, you know, dude, oh, what are you doing? You know, getting it out there. I mean, it was it was beyond shoulder length. It was out there. And so there's a picture of him and his mom. Mom's got a ski cap on, you know, and stuff. And and then. The before and the after, and it takes your breath away. She just went, oh, wow we right? Um, she, she doesn't mind being sick, but she minds looking sick, okay? I mean, uh, she she basically had the thing for 15 years, not to get into all that, but anyway. she You know, when the hair comes out, then you stick out like a sore throat. It makes you self-conscious and all that, and her son knew that, and he took the time to do that. And he grew it out. And he actually looks good with his hair cut and styled, you know. And you would not believe what she looks like. It's just amazing. Uh, an incredible photograph right there. And I'm glad they did that. And it just shows you, you know, it's really pretty cool. It's it's Maybe it's a little thing. Maybe it's in the family thing. But it's something that we do that, uh, you know, the son probably learned more for, it, you know, really. I mean, the mom appreciates it, too. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't
2: imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The
0: sound of life. Uh, just very uh, taken back by this guy I was talking about today in history was when uh, he released... Uh, All 500 of his slaves there in Northern Virginia. It's the largest private emancipation in U.S. history, 1791. So that was way back um, when it wasn't even really a thing. Robert Carter III, 65,000 acres of land this guy had inherited. And uh, he had a religious conversion, all right, which would do it. Now, they call it manumission, which I had never seen that word. And probably because it didn't really happen that much. That's when the slave owner releases the slaves. But Robert knew enough, because he was a lawyer, he knew he had to do this right. And so there was a process that he did. He actually took care of them. And if you look, they said, if you look at the legacy of their offspring, them and their offspring, a lot of them continued their education. A lot of them went to college. I mean, we're talking... Early eighteen hundreds by the time all this. So it was quite a process. But well, anyway, I didn't want to bore you with the all that kind of stuff. We'll get on to something fun on Monday mug day get you the uh, get you the mug. Okay, so that is coming up. So stay tuned. But I just thought it was a you know, no matter how bleak and evil things seem, you know, there's always some light and uh, it is uh, pretty powerful. So I thought that was cool. God bless him. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped
2: drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and walking and the words, putting into sentence doing. The sound of life.
0: And it is Monday. That means the first person on the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline, which is toll-free, 800-946-1765, with the correct answer to this question will you get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mode. That'll be yours, right? Okay, here we go. Comes from Today in History, August the 1st. Oh, I remember it. I do. Even though it was in 1960, 1960. We cater to the old folks around here. Singer Chubby Checker released a dance song creating a new dance craze. What was the name of the dance? <laughs> I don't think he got a Grammy for it. But anyway, what was the name of the dance? The Watusi, the Pony, or the Twist? Beach Tell me right now on the Cup of Joe Morning Show. A great way to start your day, the Cup of Joe Morning Show. Here we go. Fire or it will. Here we go. Come on. Yes. <laughs> figure of speech, don't get... Anyway, let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline on a Monday mug day, see if anybody wants my mug. Good morning, Cup of Joe Morning Show. Who's this? This is Jonathan Velasquez. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing, man? Good, great, great. How are you? I'm good. You want my mug? Alright, very scientific Tough question for you I don't know 1960, singer Chubby Checker Released a dance song Creating a new dance craze They named it What was it? The Watusi? The Pony? Or the Twist? It was the Twist It sure was, was Can you do it right now? Me? Ooh, good. There you go <laughs> I love it I think I'm going to start I think I'm going to bring it back what do you think? Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations. You got my hug. Great. Thank you so much. All righty, Jonathan. Thank you. Yes, I was thinking the twist. I saw him one time. You know, he did that. He performed that for like 50 years. <laughs> yeah. But it was back in the 80s when I saw him do the twist. I'm not sure if it's going to be a thing anymore your daily dose of encouragement i've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye the cup of joe morning show the sound of life he just keeps getting cooler and cooler um he got back from a flight from london came into new york city think about how you would be you know and you you're you're landing in new york city you get off now you're in the baggage area you got lots of things on your mind (laughs) right now i don't care who you are He's a big-time star, and he's known for being very approachable. Um, and he was wearing a ball cap, of course, mask, things like that. You know, he didn't. I don't even know if a lot of people probably didn't recognize him, but one young man did, and he was asking Keanu Reeves <laughs> some very pointed questions. It's one thing when you go, "Can we get a quick photograph?" You know, "Can we get an autograph or whatever?" Now, Andrew Kimmel who is... he's? I know he's in the business. He's like a producer or something. I, I don't know. He has a check by his tweets. But he was tweeting everything out. He took a photograph. But this kid, the thing that made it so funny, they're in the baggage area, and this kid starts to fire off a series of rapid-fire questions to Keanu Reeves. And he just answered it. You know, he was like, uh, why? what were you doing in London? And he was like, well, I was making a... Um, a documentary you know um, he asked for an autograph at the baggage and and he just started firing off these questions and Keanu Reeves was just happy I mean you know he just he just did it right he was being interrogated is what was happening but it was okay he said oh you were in London did you go to the uh, Formula One race the Grand Prix he said yeah I did uh, uh Grand Prix race cars uh, he said uh, do, you, do you drive them yourself and he said no but I like riding motorcycles and then he asked Keanu Reeves, do you live in New York? And he said, no, my home is in Los Angeles. And he was like Pusha, well, why did you just land in New York? <laughs> None of your business, kid. Anyway, but he didn't say that. He said, well, I'm going to go to a play. He said, I'm here for four, no, five days. You know, he said, well, why are you here? I'm going to go see a play, American Buffalo. That's it. It's on Broadway. <laughs> it's like man oh man you know late night tv people couldn't get this much out of it It it's just amazing and um it was it was really cool he said what galleries did you go to in paris what was your favorite i mean he was just really nice in answering all these questions and kid like ran out of questions and then it's like uh uh-oh because keanu reeves will start asking you questions (laughs) you know (laughs) what's up with you (laughs) what do you like doing besides interview him anyway it was, it was really pretty cool, and it's like people have said. He just does not disappoint. He just keep, He's a human being, and he's got a lot of things on his mind, but he just keeps doing things, really, that make people say... Oh, you've got to admit, that is pretty neat. Yeah. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. have
1: some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning
0: daylight. The sound of life. Good morning. I am Joe, and... We've got having a lot of bear stories, it seems like. Maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just it. There's a lot of bear stories around here. I've heard them for years. Mostly about people trying to protect their garbage cans. You have to put them out by the street to get picked up. Very dangerous to put them out. So there's all kinds of metal containers and contraptions and things to try to keep the bear out, right? And so we've had um, a couple of bear come around here, got caught them on security camera. They came around the back where we had the garbage cans. Very clever. I noticed it when I came to work early in the morning because they had strewn it across the parking lot, kind of having some fun there with it. So then we're like, oh, boy. You know, because usually that means, well, now you're on the route. You know, they'll they'll come by your place. So we we had to hide it for a while. And then we had a can out front, I think, one time. didn't have anything in it. Whew. So the bear was a little upset. He kind of messed with the can a little bit. But that can't top what happened to a woman's house in South Carolina. And mainly because they got it on the doorbell camera. The bear came up. And this was like at 3.30 in the morning. They weren't looking for it. You know, they were sound to and everything. But they noticed that on the security camera, the bear came up like he, you know, kind of knew him. And, well, he kind of think he kind of did. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. But then he rings the doorbell. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> he rang the doorbell at 3.30 in the morning. What was going on? He looked around a little bit and went off, and then he ate some bird feed, destroyed that bird feeder, which he's done a few times before. So he knows. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was just like, you know, would you, you want to come on out? Or maybe he just wanted a soda or something. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell what they wanted. I mean, there's nothing they did wrong. You know, I'm sure they like feeding the birds and they keep putting it out there. But maybe the bear thinks, oh, another treat for me. I I don't know. He wants to get something to drink. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show.
1: Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The
0: sound of life. Wow. Pretty amazing right here things got better for these workers i've seen documentaries i got the real privilege of seeing some people who actually worked on the golden gate bridge they were being interviewed uh, i'm sure it's an old documentary uh, i'm sure they're no longer around anymore but man it was fascinating fascinating days back in the 1930s and if you ever go to san francisco Uh, I mean, you know, if I'm going to be there a couple of days, that is one of the places you definitely want to see. The Golden Gate Bridge, it is uh, synonymous with the Bay Area, and it should be. It's an architectural wonder. The Golden Gate Bridge. Well, it was being built, and when they started initial phases of construction, a number of workers lost their grip and fell to their deaths in the San Francisco Bay. Now, needless to say, it slowed down the construction progress tremendously. And, I mean, you know, no, the it, it, work, the builders of it didn't know what to do. And so they tried something that had never been done before. True. They put a net under the construction. A gigantic net. So the workers then knew if they fell, the net would catch them. I mean, it wouldn't be a pleasant experience, but they'd live to tell about it. And so what happened was... They worked without fear of dying, and so they were able to move quite quickly and finish the project. It was the key, the net. Now, when you read and you take this to heart, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're into, all that stuff. You're in that all category. We have all sinned. There's no way we can match the holiness of God. We need a safety net, and that's the blood of Jesus. Isn't that cool? (laughs) God has put a safety net under you. So there you go. Make a mistake. Doesn't mean that your name has been blotted out of the book of life. It's in there forever. It's what God did to put you in there, made you heir to the throne, sealed you, justified you. It's really kind of cool. I just want to throw that out there because, I mean, we all fall short, right? No matter what we're doing. So thank you, Lord, for the net (laughs) that you've put in, in the blood of Jesus. Waking up with a cup of joe.
1: You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank
0: you for the entertainment, the music, the love. The blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. Cup of Joe Morning Show here on The Sound of Life. That is the latest from Tasha Layton. It's simply called "How Far." It's about God's love, right? Hey, I am Joe six twenty nine. It is Tasha Layton talking about a little bit about her life. If you notice, her songs kind of reflect on that God's love, God's love for her. You know. Um, Look what you've done. That's Sandra song. But Tasha, tell us a little bit about uh, your testimony, if you will.
2: I was in college. I was a music major, but just became very depressed and isolated. I was sort of wounded in church, and I was really struggling in my faith. I changed my major from music to religion, and I went searching. At my lowest of low, I tried to commit suicide. And it was at that point that I realized Jesus had been the only one that had ever offered any true power to transform in my life and it brought me back to music because i didn't feel a need to be insecure about what i believed god had called me to do i never thought i would do a show like american idol it ended up being a transition for my life because I'd only done church music and then ended up singing for Katy Perry for four years and it's just a wild ride. I realized okay, I can serve God and help people outside of just working in a church.
1: Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning! Good
0: morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Double dutch! Yes, everybody, here we go. Why is it? That's like a girl's thing. Right? Double dutch. It's a type of jump roping, and you may very well remember that. I might brought back some memories. Well, once a week, these women meet in Brooklyn Park. This one happens to be in Minnesota. But they're they doing it for a lot of fun and just to forget about, really, who they are. And they started double dutching. Jumping rope. I don't know. Cassandra must have said, okay, let's just do it. I don't know. And they probably saw some girls doing it and got involved. I'm just trying to say they didn't say... But that's what they do right now. And she said when we were growing up, it was the pastime. We did it all the time, morning, noon, and night, you know, and it was a lot of fun. She's joined by some other women. Her sister, Jackie, is one of them, and there's Devon, and there's Babette. They're all professional women, and they don't want to talk to each other about their careers and work and stuff while they're jumping around, and they don't, and they do other things. They focus on strengthening their bond. Isn't that cool? And one of them said, you know, you jump double dutch with someone, you instantly develop a different kind of relationship with them. We really didn't know each other until we started jumping double dutch. And now I feel like these ladies are my sisters. Right. So now we just have to get the men double dutch. No, I don't. Oh, you've (laughs) got to admit that is pretty No,
2: no, no. The Sound of
0: Life. I am Joe. Most interesting, we have a... A little bit of a news item here. Yes, I, I am very suspicious because when animal rescuers on Long Island, in fact, right around uh, I said Long Island, to put out an alert for a cat wandering loose and to be on the lookout, and if you see it, call 911. <laughs> I'm like, What? I see cats all the time. (laughs) There's nothing suspicious about it. So apparently this cat has been spotted, and they say uh, don't approach it. And I think the reason why is maybe because it's maybe rather large. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, I do believe. They said it's a lynx, but don't approach it. Just call 911 if you see it. A great
1: way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day.
0: The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Hey, I am Joe. Welcome aboard uh, this morning. I say that if you were coming aboard the Starship Enterprise right in the 1960s, hey, it's 816, and, of course, one of the primary figures on that crew was Lieutenant Uhura. I always remember, well, Captain Kirk, Lieutenant Uhura. I know. No. Give me the figures on that. She was like the navigator or something. She played a big-time role right there. Her name is Nichelle Nichols. She passed away a couple days ago. You might have very well heard about that. She was 89 years old. Um, The interesting thing about her, and I remember seeing this, was that she wanted to go into stage acting. She was going to quit the series and go into stage acting. And a very prominent man was saying, you know, you basically are put. In this position by God, you you can't abdicate your position. You're changing the minds of people across the world because for the first time, through you, we see ourselves and what we can be as an African American. I think he said his daughters look up to you. That would do it right there, huh? His name was Martin Luther King Jr., and he and he told uh, Nichelle Nichols that, and she stayed there and uh, never regretted it really. Dylan, who was known as the celebrity evangelist, was sharing recently on Facebook how he met her at a show in 2016, and he came up to share Jesus with her, found out she's a Christian already, and she said, "'You're the first fan that has ever been concerned "'about my eternal life.'" Wow, She went on to share her testimony, coming to know Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior, She asked if I was going to share Jesus with William Shatner, who was at the time at the same show. And I said, yes, I am. And she handed me $100. (laughs) She said, it's on me. Go show him some Jesus love. And I imagine he did. So there you go. So be sure to pray for the loved ones around her and, you know, any family, things like that, um, as uh, she was very much loved by a lot of people a great way to start your day the cup of joe morning show
1: look it, i'm a frequent coffee drinker i'm part of the club i have a card
0: the sound of life this is pretty cool right here i know uh, if you're uh you know parent and you got your kids in the surf right i remember when we were kids I, I, and i think you look back on it now as a parent and you think man what do my parents used to think they my, my mom used to be been worried to death when we go out and We get our floats out beyond the waves and stuff, you know, out in the ocean and things. It was the same ocean. (laughs) still pretty cool. So I've seen some places that have some pretty serious lifeguarding stations, like Wave Runners. You you very rarely see that on the East Coast. Um, But in some places they do, you know, and they've stepped it up a notch. And maybe we'll get some, you know, some funds for places that are really... Um, needed I know some places on the Jersey shore they have lots of people and sometimes they have riptides and stuff one of the things that really helps and they're using this in Spain is drones they have a drone and this is this is a couple of feet wide maybe three feet wide probably and it what it does is it holds an inflatable device and so what they do is you um you know, if somebody's in trouble, you can get the drone going in seconds and get it out over them and drop this device faster than you can get somebody to them. And the current was really rough. There was a video. You can check it out. I'll post it on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page and um, how fast it can go into operation right there. So it's really cool. And because of that, the waves were heavy. It's complicated maneuver. Managed to give the kid the vest and uh, really saved him. And then people can get to him and stuff like that. So... Really kind of cool, you know, and I'll post that for you on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Now that's what I'm talking it about. It is. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up do something. The sound of life. It's county fair season. Wow, amazing. And today is National Watermelon Day, so a story about that coming up. But one of the things you think about fair food, I guess, maybe is fritters. Corn fritters. Kind of like to know about uh, corn fritters is what I kind of like to know about. Linda, do you... Uh, You like corn fritters?
1: Corn fritters is a mixture of corn and eggs and flour, and you mix them all together, and then you fry them in a pan with a little bit of oil, get them nice and brown, and put a little salt, and I put a little butter on mine, too. They are scrumptious.
0: Really? Do you eat them with a meal?
1: I usually do eat them with a meal. I put them as a as a vegetabley starchy side. Okay. Okay. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll bring
0: you some. Ooh. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. Today actually is, believe it or not, National Watermelon Day. Not as celebrated as much in this part of the country, but hey, all over. I mean, for summer, that's the the taste. That is the taste of summer. Fresh watermelon. Mmm. I would have Chuck Mead, fruit farmer extraordinaire, explain seedless watermelon, and how they make it, but I haven't had that much coffee yet, so what I'm going to do is share a little story with you about when I was first married, I was living near the South Carolina border looking for a little radio station, so it's kind of outside of Charlotte, as we would say. Well, everything's kind of you know outside of Charlotte, so Um, They had the watermelon festival in Pageland, South Carolina, and I was invited to go. And so my wife and I went down. And it's a pretty big deal because they consider themselves like the watermelon capital of the world. I have no doubt. So I just always laugh and think my poor wife, fresh out of the Northeast, in a pretty rural place. (laughs) In the south, she must have been thinking, "What have I gotten myself into?" You know, with the with the speed, the speed, the seed spitting contest. I remember that. You always got to have that in a watermelon festival. You know, Miss Watermelon, I'm sure, and the watermelon parade. And I thought I would share a, a media team from Charlotte. You know, they come they come down to Pageland. they participate and give it the the uh, the uh, publicity that it deserves, really. And so here they are, camped out in front of the Family Dollar there on Main Street in Pageland. (laughs)
1: Welcome to the 2019 Pageland Watermelon Festival. (laughs) Right here, where we at? Pageland, South Carolina. Pageland, South Carolina. I'm Coral White, host of Life in the Carolinas. This is Francine Marie, host of the Francine Marie Show. Yes, the parade's getting started, Francine. I'm excited. I've
2: never been to Pageland before. Well, I
1: tell you what. the watermelon capital of the world and one of
2: the finest watermelon festivals anywhere. Finest. 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 The sound of life.
0: I am Joe and very, very great privilege to give you an update on the Crossover Cup mission in the Dominican Republic. And Mike Williams did the little update there. And I saw it firsthand when I was there a few months ago. But you know, you go from 12 discipleship leaders in four years, and this year they have 75 thousand kids registered so you know i mean it's only been going for like eight years in these villages and they have been growing and they got the statistics if you're in the statistics they got them you can see god working they're going but mike williams who is the uh, he's the co-founder lead missionary there on the ground he said you know he said let me get a little deep with you here for a second this is really good stuff this is this is what it's all about Okay, Mike Williams said, I've worked in evangelistic and Christian ministry for over 40 years. I've seen entire villages make public professions of faith. I know I can lead an outdoor revival tonight and encourage most of the crowd to pray my carefully worded Christian prayer. Tomorrow night, a group that I would consider a cult could lead a crusade and have the same people who prayed with me pray that carefully worded prayer. Poor people will pray any prayer you suggest in hopes of waking up the following day healthy, wealthy, and in a different societal class. While I believe it all starts with a yes to Jesus, Jesus is told to go and what? Make disciples. Making disciples is time-consuming. You can't fly in, preach, and leave, and mission accomplished. It requires living among the people, which is why all of your CUPS missionaries live in the villages they serve. And he's saying, I'm not undermining the teams that come in for a short visit like I did. They're they're an incredible piece of the puzzle. Nevertheless, discipleship in the Christian life takes face-to-face time. The most excellent teacher of all time, Jesus, took three years with his disciples before they were ready to function successfully on their own. So yes, in a glorious genuine report, I could tell you that we had over 200 children raise their hands and pray out loud for the first time decisions and 500 raise their hands for rededication. What matters to me is that in four years, we've gone from 12 discipleship leaders, those who are helping disciple others to 75 discipleship leaders who are now helping disciple others. So that's the success right there in Jesus' name. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Remember Paul writing in the letter to the church? This one was at Thessalonica. I love those Greek names. I'd love to visit there. I'd, I really would. See where Paul was and stuff, you know? But he said, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with all of you. Man, that's an incredible couple of sentences. Heavenly Father, thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. In times of uncertainty and unrest, we seek your peace to calm troubled hearts, weary souls, and war-torn lands. When we've lost hope, may your peace remind us that you're in complete control and will continue to lead us. May your peace bring clarity where there is doubt, joy, where there is sorrow and hope, where there is hopelessness. Despite what our eyes see daily on the news, thank you for your peace, that revives our hope trust and confidence in you may your peace strengthen and sustain us thank you for your peace that brings stillness to our storms your peace also reminds us that you are always present and will continue to lead us through challenging times when hearts minds and spirits are restless thank you for your peace that brings us rest when our minds wander Thank you for your peace that directs us back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Waking up with a cup of Joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped
2: drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words, putting into sentence, doing.
0: The sound of life. I want to share something with you from one of the, the co-founders. I shouldn't say he's one, obviously. The co-founder, Mike Williams, of Crossover Cups. Um, recently back from the Dominican Republic there. And uh, he gives a report. The the numbers are encouraging. I mean, they're incredible. Uh, Of the number of young people. He said, now we've been doing this like eight years. And so now we're starting to see some of the kids who now are growing up becoming young adults. And now taking the charge and and, and discipling the younger kids. And it's just incredible. But he did a newsletter, which has the numbers and stuff. But he said he did a P.S., which I thought was really cool. And it applies universally. And it's something you should know about the Crossover Cubs mission. And I want you to check it out. I'll give you their website coming up. He said, just, I just want to go a deeper a little bit. You know, He said, I've worked in evangelistic and Christian ministry for over 20 years, Mike said. I've seen entire villages make public professions of faith. I can lead an outdoor revival tonight and encourage most of the crowd to pray my carefully worded prayer. And tomorrow night a group could come in I would consider a cult. And have the same crusade and lead people, the same people would pray over again. You see, poor people will pray any prayer you suggest in hopes of waking up the following day healthy, wealthy, and in a different societal class. And why? he said, I believe it all starts with a yes to Jesus. Jesus said, make disciples. And making disciples is time-consuming. You can't fly in, preach, and leave and have a mission accomplished. It requires living among the people, which is why all of the Cups missionaries live in the villages they serve. And he said, these words are not to undermine the teams that come in for a short visit. They are vital. Okay, it's like a whole part of that piece of the puzzle right there. True discipleship and the Christian takes face-to-face time. Most excellent teacher of all time, Jesus took three years with his disciples before they were ready to function successfully on their own. So yes, it's a glorious, genuine report. I can tell you that we had over 200 children raise their hands and pray out loud for the first time decision. 500 raised their hands for rededication. What matters to me is that in four years, we have gone from 12 disciple leaders to 75 disciple leaders who are now helping disciple others. So that's success in Jesus' name right there. Good stuff.
1: The sound of life.
0: I am Joe. Welcome aboard to This Morning. I often talk about butterflies. I think they're an incredible creation, moth, things like that, because they have a design on them. And so a lot of times they open up their wings, say they're on a tree, and they're sunning themselves, and they open up. Some of them can be pretty large. I mean, not feet across, but, you know, (laughs) a few inches pretty big so it's kind of cool I think you know, uh, but there's, some of them look like owl eyes so you know if you're like a predator of a moth you see that and you're like ooh I'll go to another tree <laughs> you know because you think it's an owl if you're an insect and you look at that and I've, I've often pondered the unanswerable question does the moth know you know does like the buddy moth go hey Charlie you know, you, when you open your wings, it looks like a set of eyes on you. You know, it's kind of neat. Like that, right? Uh, it's funny, but it's really interesting when a woman is stunned and looks at a moth out in the sun. She let her dog out, and there's a moth in the yard sunning itself. And she notices these yellow markings on its back, perfectly spelled out a name, Anna, A-N-N-A underneath an eerie-looking face. I'll post it on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page, and you can tell me whether the face is eerie or not. She took a photograph of it, of course, sent it to her mom, who said she could see a little girl with pigtails. Here we go. (laughs) After sharing a picture on social media, starts racking up thousands of shares and comments, people tagging friends named Anna, commenting about the face's resemblance to famous people. Some people even saw Jesus in the face. Serious (laughs) thrill issues, dude. Oh, well. Waking up with a cup of Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Everybody's talking about the heat, right? I was reading a pretty cool article about the city of Newburgh and um, the heat there and some of the specifics going on. And I was thinking, you know, we've got the quintessential... Northeastern closed cities. Albany certainly is one of Albany to Troy, right? Um, Hudson would be under that category, I'm sure. Poughkeepsie, Kingston come under that. Newburgh, of course. I don't know about Middletown so much, but uh, certainly the cities along the river, probably Peekskill, you know, they're close. They're very close. The multifamily dwellings, and there's not a lot of way to vent the heat out. And unfortunately, in Newburgh, the town pool is closed for renovation. So one of the things the city is doing is creating splash pads. They've got some already, and that's what they're doing. It just gives the kids opportunity to take their shoes off and Go to a, a clean area where there's sprinklers going, you know, just to, to get in and do something like that, much to the relief of the parents. Ah, oh, you know, and that's get the get the sprinkler going and hey you can jump in there too if you want to. So, you know, you do whatever you can. It's unusual. It is. Um, and it will pass. It looks like next week will be in the eighties. I joke about that. I said, oh, we may need a jacket on, you know, but it will be a welcome relief isn't it? And the anticipation of the change and a friend told me that bless him, he, I, I'll never forget that it was one of the most profound things I ever heard um, and he said it's not the weather so much, it's not when it gets cool, but the anticipation of it getting cool, you know, he said that's what we look forward to, or in the reverse the anticipation of warmer weather. when are we coming out of this ice age you know The anticipation. And that's what God has created, I think, in Jesus. Yes, it's forgiveness of sin, but the anticipation of having a home in heaven. I hope that thrills you as much as it does me. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Well, got to let you in on um, let him tell you himself, right? We lost a great human being. A couple of uh, days ago, Vince Scully, you may not know, or you may have no idea about his name, but you might think, who is he? does he do baseball? Yeah. Yeah. For like 67 years. And born in New York, Vincent Edward Scully, born in 1927. Um, 67 years. He was asked in 1950 to start broadcasting the Brooklyn Dodgers. Those of you who are still Brooklyn Dodger fans. Yes. Okay. He he often used to say, Vince Scully did, if you want to make God smile, tell him your plans. I love that. He said, I must have gotten it from a priest somewhere along the the way. He knows a thing or two about forging through pain, however. This I didn't know or remember. He lost his first wife in 1972, left him with three children, one of whom, Michael, was killed in a helicopter accident when he was 33. Lost his second wife, Sandy, in 2021. She had ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Wow. But through it all, Vince Scully said he trusted in his faith. So many people wanted to meet him, did meet him. He was very approachable, known for his stories, known for his outspoken faith. When he retired a few years ago, just a few years ago, yes, people say, you've been with The Sound of Life for 30 years almost? Wow, that's not even half of what Vin Scully did broadcast. This is incredible. So here's his little farewell speech when he retired. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a
1: 67 year career in baseball. And they have wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. (laughs) So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon, wherever you may be.
0: I'll stand in line in heaven to meet Vin Scully for a while, probably. Listener supported, the sound of life. Say hello to the beach. Yes, coming up in a couple of weeks, I'll be on the beach That's the plan, right? A little vacay here. Well, a pretty famous devotional writer was on vacation with her husband recently, walking along the beach, and we're hoping we can see the turtles maybe get hatched. We can see that from a distance, right? She was looking at this square patch of sand blocked off by a makeshift fence, and this young man explained that he worked around the clock with a team of volunteers committed to guarding the eggs in each turtle's nest. Very important these days. Once the hatchlings emerge from their nest, the presence of both animals and humans threaten and decrease their chance of survival. He said, even with all our efforts, he said, scientists estimate that only one out of every 5,000 hatchlings reach adulthood. Of course, they, they're going to crawl out as little things, and the birds are looking for them to eat them, you know, and they get out in the ocean. Amazing thing is they come right back to the same spot if they make it. But uh, they're basically food for a while, for a lot of animals, I'm sorry. But that's the way God created it. But, you know, we do still have a God-given responsibility to care for creatures that he made. I mean, when he created the world, he provided a habitat for every creature would live and thrive. He created image bearers, that's us, his image bearers, to uh, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds and The sky and over the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God helps us serve him as responsible stewards who use our God-given authority to care for his vast creation. We do what we can that's right in front of him because it's important to that animal right there, right? There you go. Loving creator and sustainer of all, please show us tangible ways that we can fulfill our responsibility as a steward of your creation and inspire others to care for the world, you've entrusted to us.
2: The Sound of Life.
0: Oh, I got the coolest little note here from Beth Sheba Young. Yes, to whom it may concern, my mother, who is actually the Beth Sheba there, is 96 years old. And has enjoyed listening to the Sound of Life radio station as part of her daily routine for years. Please continue to do as you have been doing Sharing God's love, kindness, through his word, his prayers, songs of worship. guests to educate others. His radio station is a light for this world with a culture of hopelessness and darkness. We Have a blessed day, Bathsheba. You have a blessed day. We love you, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And your daughter, anonymously, sending us that note. Appreciate you very, very much. I just wanted to say to you, yes, you make that happen with your prayerful financial support. Don't want to overlook that.
2: The sound of life.
0: I am Joe. Welcome to Cup of Joe Morning Show. Gotta tell you about it. This is a great story. And there's a lot to this, really, even though it involved a couple of people, but there's it goes deeper, right? It's pretty cool. And it has some real truths in it. And it has to do with a race. It must have been a long distance race. The guy in the front. There's an athlete named Abel Mutai. He represented Kenya, and he was just a few feet away from the finish line, but he was confused with the signage, and he stopped. And he thought he had completed the race. Uh Uh-oh. So there's a Spanish athlete behind him. Ivan Fernandez was right behind him, and he realized what was happening, and he was shouting at him, but the Kenyan didn't know Spanish, and he didn't understand what was happening. What's to do? Just go run by him. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. That's life, right? I get first because you didn't understand. And he actually, the Spanish guy didn't do that. He actually pushed him to the, uh, able. he actually pushed him to the finish line so he would finish first. And the journalist said, why did you do that? And Ivan replied, my dream is that someday we can have this kind of community life. But then the journalist insisted, but why did you let the Kenyan win? He said, I didn't let him win. He was going to win. And the journalist insisted, you know, sometimes there's one too many questions. But he said, but you could have won. And Ivan looked at him and he said, but what would be the merit of my victory? What would be the honor of that medal? What would my mom think of that? What would my would my country have felt proud of that? He desperately wanted to win, of course, but more importantly, he wanted to win fairly. Doing the right thing in life counts more than anything else. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Man, I'll tell you, Catherine Wolf hanging on to God's promises. Although she didn't know it at the time, she was a beauty queen speaker. She found God in darkness and suffering. Boy, you talked about it. In 2008, Catherine was 26 years old. She had given birth to her son, and six months after that, she had what they now know was a massive brainstem stroke. It led to a brain bleed. I mean, it just hurts just to say that. And, And miraculously, she survived after 16 hours of surgery. But here's the deal. She couldn't walk, she couldn't talk, she couldn't swallow. She also had double vision. She had right ear deafness, right side facial paralysis. But despite all of that, her and her husband, Jay, sought after God. They said, I had to learn how to find God in the midst of it. I learned that God's goodness was not attached to my earthly circumstances. And God being good was not based on anything going on in the physical world. That's astounding. She learned it the hard way, didn't she? Together, they founded what is known as Hope Heals, a nonprofit organization that serves those with disabilities. Hope Heals. Pretty cool. Prepare right? to be astonished. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I want to give you a little love. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm Joe, and I want to give you a little Danny Trejo update. Whenever I see him in the news, I always check it out. Nothing better than Danny Trejo. He's one of those people that if you see him, you know who I'm talking about. Because a lot of times I'll be like, oh, I can't remember his name and then, you know, I'll uh, I'll I'll see him and then I'll remember who he is. So um, (laughs) Danny's, I'll give you a little backstory on Danny. He's a guy that was uh, in prison, in and out of prison in California for years, and he took up boxing, and he got to be pretty good at it, and he got kind of a little famous there in the circles, but he got to the point in his life where his drug addiction. He knew he was going to die if he didn't do something, and he crowded after God, and he said, God, if you deliver me from this, I'll honor you every day of my life, and he did, and he said it was an absolute miracle, and he got out of prison and stuff, and he ended up um, being a coach, I guess, mentor. Um, uh, he would go with people who uh, were walking through the rehab of addiction and if they were in a place where they needed him to be there with him as a as a mentor, you know he would do that. And so this actor one day called him up and said, I want you to come down on the set. Can you do it? He said, sure. So they were down there and somebody came up to him and said, do you want to be an extra? He said, extra what? He said, well, have you ever, have you ever been in jail? And he said, I've been in about all of them. But anyway, he said, okay, I want you to be a a prisoner. He said, "Uh, put this blue shirt on. So he took his shirt off, and when he takes his shirt off, he's very noticeable, very large tattoo right across his chest there. And and then the guy goes, don't put your shirt on. He's perfect, right? So he's standing there getting ready to be an extra, and somebody recognized him from boxing, and he said, we need somebody on the set here to teach the actors how to box. You know, he said, would you do that? He said, it's like 350 bucks. He said, I'd fight Godzilla for 350 bucks. Are you kidding me? And so that's how he got into show business, if you will, to acting. But then somebody said, you know, the thing is, because of who he is, I mean, he is the... Quintessential. I mean, directors must be like, oh, this is an answer right here. Nobody looks like him and is as nice as he is, you know, to be an actor. I mean, they just don't go together so he can play the part of the bad guy like nobody. But he always dies in his movies. You know, it's like, oh, that's kind of sad, isn't it, right? He's, he's, had, he's in over 400 films and TV roles. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, I mean, he's died like 400 times, at least. I mean, maybe more. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe some of it was twice. But he's the undisputed movie character who's died. So hats off to Danny Trejo. But here it is, believe it or not. He's got a movie coming up. And he's going to transform from a zero to a hero in the movie. He has this new role. So he doesn't have to die. So it's pretty good. And it's basically bad donkey, except the biblical word for donkey. You get what I'm saying right there? Okay. The Sound of Life. I decided to do a little personal story with you this morning, because we're having a real time at the old homestead. I mean, um, I mean we've been putting up with the winter uh, comforter for months in the summer. And, um, you know, it's made for cold weather. So, in the summer, I mean, we we have an air conditioner in the bedroom, so it's not like it's, it's hot or anything like that. That would be a whole different story. But we still wake up in the middle of the night hot, really hot, you know, because that comforter works really well. That's some high-tech stuff in there, thanks to the space-age technology, I'm sure. So, we, uh, my wife's got this brilliant idea. She said, why don't we get a blanket that's lighter, <laughs> you know? Hey, what a great idea. So it came yesterday. We're all excited. It's nice. Very nice. You know, got that new blanket smell and everything. We put it on the bed, take the comfort off. This It's going to be beautiful. It feels fantastic and all this. So I woke up at two this morning and I was freezing. I mean, it wasn't very funny. I, I was about to have leg cramps. I mean, that's how cold I was. I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to survive. So she saved my life and she put the comforter back on me. And then we got the blanket and the comforter going, and so then I woke up a little later. And man, I am really, really sweating now. So maybe, maybe the thing is we ought to ease up on the air conditioner. Maybe if the air conditioner wasn't on 48 degrees, what is wrong
1: with you?